Hi there. Welcome to episode nine of Authors and Audiences. I'm Caroline Leach. I'm a Scottish Texan and a young adult novelist. I also coach authors and illustrators to present themselves and their books in public with confidence and professionalism so that they can not only connect with their readers and sell more books, but they can impress their publishers and sell more books. On Authors and Audiences, my amazing guests and I share with you our top presentation tips and key promotion strategies to help you feel really powerful whenever you're talking to one person or to a thousand. So wherever you are on your publishing path, and whatever sort of books you create, Authors and Audiences is for you. I hope you've had the chance to listen to episode eight already, which was a very special interview because I was talking to Newbury Medal winner Tay Keller about her newest middle grade book, Maybe Ever After, about the way she has developed the perfect presentation for her young audiences, and also about how she sets boundaries, both to protect herself and her mental health in particular, while also standing up and speaking out for what she believes in. I enjoy talking to Tay so much. And now, here's some more. So, welcome back to Authors and Audiences, Tay Keller. Uh, and I'm about to put you through the ANA Q&A, the Authors and Audiences Questions and Answers, um, which is sounds more terrifying than it is really. So, just to start off with how I start off with everybody is, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, definitely an introvert. And how does that play out with being the very, very public figure you are now? Um, I think it's that still, even though there's a lot of public facing events, being an author, it still is a very private job in a lot of ways. I mean, most of my days still are just me at home writing. And I think that I've really learned to balance the the public stuff because I still like it it just I can't do so much of it and so I've learned my limits I've learned what to say no to what to say yes to so that really when I say yes to something I can be fully excited instead of just feeling like oh I'm so tired I want to be at home excellent and so personality types do you have you ever do tests like Enneagram and Myers-Briggs have you got any interest in that um, I've done the Myers-Briggs and got an INFJ, which I think is a little suspect because I read that it's like the rarest one. But every time I look at the comment section online, everyone's like, oh, I got an INFJ. So I think that it might be like a, a self-reporting error. So I don't necessarily trust that. Um, and then, that. Or you're actually working, you're on in a bubble with an awful lot of other people who do the same thing you do because they are INFJs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> maybe maybe that is maybe that is it. Uh, with enneagrams, uh, my friends keep trying to get me to do it, and then I've done it so many times that every time I do, I forget which one I get, or I get something different. I, I don't know. No, I, I admit I do the same. I keep having to text my daughter and going, "So which one am I again?" So I find personality tests fascinating, just because they give you a bit of time to think about yourself and about how to let the world interact with you to suit you best, I suppose. I just like doing quizzes as well. <laughs> so do you remember being read to as a child? 
yeah, definitely. So my mom is a writer. And so she also is a reader, of course. And it was really important for her, for my sister and I to be readers too. And so she read to us a lot. And is there a book that you particularly have fond memories of, or not fond memories, maybe terrifying memories? <laughs> um, there are a couple picture books that I I really remember. Um, and, you know, the famous ones, like Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, and those left such a big imprint on me that I put them into When You Drop a Tiger and kind of wove pieces of those picture books into the story because I figured I was telling a story about storytelling. And so I wanted to include those very first stories that I grew up hearing. Excellent. And and do you ever read aloud either to yourself or to other people anymore? Um, Well, I read my own stuff out loud in the final revision stages because I think that that is very helpful for catching just awkward phrasing. Uh, and I, when I visit schools and I talk to them about being a writer, I, I read parts of my book, which at first was very scary because <laughs> you get real-time feedback from the kids on, you know, if they're engaged with, with what you're reading to them. Um, but it has also been really fun and, and really rewarding. Excellent. And do you remember the first time you ever faced an audience, either as an adult or as a child? <laughs> yeah, I, so... When I was younger, like in late elementary school, I would do poetry competitions because I I went to a poetry school. And so we, we wrote poems and then, you know, sometimes we had like, I guess, like recitals kind of where we would read our poems or, or competitions. So I, I would read my poetry then. Um, in my memory, I, I don't think I was as nervous <laughs> as I am now or I as I was later in my life. I think it was kind of this like, you know, before you learn to be scared of the world in some way, um, this kind of like innocence that I had back then. That's, I wonder if that's something that happens at the point that we become self-conscious of our of ourselves, I don't know, just before adolescence or during adolescence. I think nerves and a fear for things that we did without even thinking as children. I'm absolutely with you on that one. What do you wish you'd known before you started writing for publication? Oh, You've um, been writing your whole life, really, but, but, you know, before you suddenly thought, "Mm, this this could be something. I think that once I started writing for publication, so when I wrote my first book, I, I don't feel like I was writing for publication because I didn't know it would be published. So really, I felt like I started writing for a publication when I was writing When You Trap a Tiger. And that was so challenging. It Writers talk all the time about this, the second book syndrome and how hard the second book is. And I, I think it's because of that, where all of a sudden in my head, I just had this like, oh, well, I have to write a book that people want to read now. I can't just write the stories that I'm excited about. And it took me a really long time in that process. And it, it was a a, a lot of ups and a, a lot of downs writing that book of me just trying to figure out how to still write for myself and kind of now I have in my process there is kind of a point where I start to shift and it's many many revisions in where in the first few revisions I'm thinking I'm just telling this story for myself and I'm just exploring it and no one has to see it and then you know <laughs> I do so many revisions so maybe like 10 10 in 
Um, then I start to think, okay, well, this is the story that I told for myself. And now how can I adjust it in a way that uh, others, it, it might be better for others to read. So in those 10 revisions, how far in does somebody else get to see it? Uh, so I show it to my mom and my husband, uh, maybe like four or five revisions in. Um, they're the people that I trust the most with my work. And both to be, you know, very supportive about it and also to be honest and, you know, help me see the parts that I should lean into, the parts that aren't quite working. Uh, and then, you know, I do a few more revisions before showing my editor. And we love book recommendations. What is the very best book you've read recently? Uh, a Rover's Story by Jasmine Warga. It's so good. <laughs> Excellent. And what about watching? What do you suggest we go and watch immediately? I saw a movie called God's Country recently, which I really like. I thought it was very thoughtful. Well, we'll link to both of those in the in the show notes. And what about on social media? We know you're not on Twitter anymore. Is there a Instagram uh, account or or on Facebook that that you would suggest that authors would enjoy watching? Um, I'm going to suggest a newsletter. Uh, so Nicole Brinkley has a newsletter called Michelled that is great. Um, she doesn't send them out super frequently, but when she does, they're just very thoughtful examinations of the publishing world, especially for Kidlet. Uh, she's a bookseller, so that's kind of her angle on things. I was going to say, and Nicole Brinkley was a blogger, a book blogger for a long time. That's how I know her. So uh, excellent. That's fantastic. I love newsletters. I really do. Um, so very quick, super fast lightning round. What are you reading right now? I just finished George Saunders' new story collection, Liberation Day. And what are you listening to? Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm still listening to her album that came out last month. It's so good. <laughs> Excellent. I didn't realize she'd had a new one. I thought nobody was listening to anything but Taylor Swift at the moment. And um, what are you watching? Is there something you're deep in the heart of watching? Um, I'm not really TV. I watch a lot of movies, so a lot of movies that come out. And where do you like to buy your book? Definitely Indies. Uh, my local indie is Third Place Books. And, and that's in Seattle, isn't it? Yes. And so where do you write best? What do you snap on while you write? Uh, I write best at home, but I do love a coffee shop. And I need to have a cup of tea when I am writing. So black tea? Yes. Uh, and also lots of herbal teas because I... I get, if I have too much black tea, you know, <laughs> very sensitive to caffeine. So um, since I am constantly drinking tea, I need to switch over <laughs> at some point. Well, I discovered quite how much caffeine is in black tea when I tried to come off it and then had the caffeine withdrawals. And it was like, but I, I drink weak black tea. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and so what's the best book of it that you've ever been to or been part of? Oh, um, one of my very good writing friends is Lauren Magaziner, and she has the best book launches. She just goes all in and has themed snacks for every book that she comes out with. She has like 
six or seven different themed snacks, um, which is amazing. She puts so much work into it and so much love. And it's just so much fun to see, you know, what, what she does with it and her creativity. Fantastic. And finally, just remind us, where can we find you on your books, on social media and your website? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Tay Keller and uh, my newsletter is on my website, taykeller.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. It has been such a joy to get to talk to you and congratulations on the Newbury and on, on everything else and on this wonderful new book, Mihi Ever After. And uh, we're looking forward to what comes next. I really hope you enjoyed that Q&A episode with Tay Keller and that you'll join me again next week when I'll be marking Native American Heritage Month and talking to my very first picture book author about her very first picture book. And that interview will mark the first in a series in which I'll be building up to the start of the brand new year in January, which will be, for a very large group of brand new authors, their debut year which is such an exciting time, but can also be fairly terrifying too, because so much of what is ahead is completely unknown. But that's why I'm here on Authors and Audiences, to help that transition go a little smoother, at least with regard to their presentation and promotion work during 2023. So if you're a 2023 debut, or if you know someone who is, please keep listening because I've got some great stuff planned for you over the next few weeks. Thanks again for joining me. I look forward to chatting with you this week on any of my social media platforms and to having you join me again next week when the Authors and Audiences debut fun begins. (laughs) 